Let's, uh, let's just give it up for our drama team. That is fantastic. Uh, I'm sure... I'm sure that didn't touch on any nerves, any uh, kind of inner dialogue of uh, what we'll just call, in one version or another, being a tightwad. Did you all know in the great state of Missouri, there's actually a town called Tightwad, Missouri, right? Um, is this new to anybody? Okay, Tightwad, Missouri. Here's a picture of uh, the, their, their sign, Tightwad, Missouri, population 69. Uh, there is a, just going to move right past that, there's a uh, bank, there's a bank called Tightwad Bank. You think they could have called it the first, first bank of commerce or something, but no, they're, they're proud of their name. And um, interesting, maybe you don't know this, the town just due east, you know what it's called? Well, that would I don't know if that's true, but uh, Racket, Racket, Missouri, Right? <laughs> So uh, let, let's look back at this uh, population 69, because uh, I looked up the word tightwad, and it essentially, if you do the etymological kind of, you know, get all the way to the source, it essentially has this connotation of being tight-fisted in one way or another. And I look at that population sign, I go, I don't know, metaphorically speaking, I think the population could be a lot higher than that number, right? Would you agree? And how many of us would say, I could probably live in that town in Tightwad, Missouri, again, metaphorically speaking. I know I can in a couple of different ways. Because when we talk about generosity, by the way, we're talking about our lives. We're not just talking about our wallets. That's part of it. But we're talking about, for me, here's my Tightwadness. I don't know how to say it. But uh, time. Time is like really, really hard for me, especially when I started my own business three years ago, and I'm in the consulting world, and now my time is bill billable. So when someone asks for my time, guess what I think of? Money, right? Now, I have to do that on some levels, but how do I not let that get here and just grip my heart? Uh, here's another thing. Um, food. Food. I grew up in California, and my mom raised us basically on a non-sugar diet. She read some book about how sugar was uh, straight from Satan, and she completely eradicated it out of every cupboard. And, and then we were just on this slow descent from like, yeah, we shouldn't eat candy bars, to all of a sudden she's putting bird seeds in our pancakes. Did I mention I grew up in California? <laughs> so what did this do in me? This created a sense of scarcity in me. So guess what my friends would say growing up, that I am a complete mooch. Like I would come over, I would time my calls, say, hey, Andy, you want to play today? It would be like 4.30, 4.45, right near dinner time, right? Because I'm trying to skip mom's meal and just eat whatever his mom is eating. And this created in me something that I just can't shake, especially when it's like Oreos or cake. Cake for me is a deal. Like I will... I will go and I'll hide from my three daughters and my wife. I will sneak it. I, and in fact, knowing that uh, I wanted to kind of use this, my, you know, explain my tightwad nature by, by cake, I texted my, my family. And I said, well, here's what I said. Actually, I screenshot the text thread. Um, hey, girls, can you think of a time that I've been stingy with the birthday cake working on a sermon? Stingy? Yes, as in hoarding, taking more than my share, not sharing with others, sneaking bites when no one was looking so I wouldn't have to share, etc. Oh, 
I can't just think of one time, so basically every time we have cake. <laughs> so I want to redeem myself here in this moment. So the, the, the awesome team here at Shoal, uh, I asked for, could we have a birthday cake? Here it is. Here it is. Here's the birthday cake. And I'm just curious, who today is celebrating their birthday? Do we have a, a birthday? Like, it has to be... To, <gasps> What? Oh, Tuesday. How selfish of you to think this is for you. Okay, hold on to the Tuesday. Hold on. Uh, today, anybody I'm looking up in the balcony? Any, I know you're up there because you don't want to be called out or anything, but like uh, any birthdays today? Say again, Sunday? Next Sunday. Sunday. All right, Tuesday does beat Sunday, but this is good. All right, we're looking for closest proximity. Any birthdays today? Friday? Friday? Okay, so that's two days. Tuesday? Two days. Justin! Okay, so there was one yesterday? Yeah. Wait, we have two? Okay, so what day, what time of the day, Justin? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, all right. Do you know what time? I believe it's 12.49 p.m. P.m. All right, we're going to go Justin. Justin, come on up. Come on up. All right. Here we go. Here we go. So your birthday was yesterday. And uh, do you mind sharing what, uh, what you were celebrating in terms of how many birthdays you've celebrated? Uh, sure, yeah, 45. 45. Can everyone hear up there? All right. Okay. So, uh, I forgot to get you a candle, but I got you a straw, all right, and uh, we're going to light this sucker, and uh, why are you stepping away? You just think it's going to explode? All right, it's going to just take a little time. There we go. All right, so let's just sing to Justin, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Justin. Happy birthday to you. All right, I'm sure, I'm sure. Yeah, no, 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 man. COVID, dude, COVID. We don't blow out cakes in the post-COVID era. Man, just hold on. I got a plan for that. All right, just, we're good. Oh, oh, Fire. Fire, fire. All right, save my water, though. All right, whatever. All right. Okay, so now here's the deal. Justin, um, this is your birthday cake. I mean, it's a gift to you. So, uh, so we, get to, we get to just talk about what to do with your birthday cake. I mean, you have options. One is, um, it's small. You can eat it yourself. But we would have to watch you eat. Okay? Um, I'd be happy to feed you, but that would be awkward. Um, so sharing's good. I mean, we're in the series of generosity. So how, how we go about, I mean, this could be a little bit like the fish and the loaves, if you're familiar with that story in the Bible, right? How, how are we going to invite everyone into this gift you've been given? Any ideas? Hmm. Uh, everyone gets a bite. Everyone gets a bite. I mean, that's, that's getting pretty, like, wouldn't you, how big should your bite be though? You're no, you, the, 
play along. You're okay, supposed so to act yeah, greedy, I'll, I'll right? Okay. Very, yeah. very good. Yeah, because well, I mean, I mean like you. A, okay, yeah, so like we need a big one for you like that. I think we. If these are like these are like little. I don't know what we call these. Like little heart kisses things. So I think you need four right there. All right. Okay, that's good. And um, we've got double napkins. We've got nice and white. And then um, apparently we've got quick trip napkins. So apparently the church steals from their neighbor. Right? All right. So let's get that going. So go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Now, just go ahead and get started on that. So um, now, yeah, yeah, that's good. How are we going to now share? And, and I, I don't know. Is this, you kind of have to think, well, who's deserving of the cake, right? I mean, it, kind of in a meritocracy kind of like, so I just like to know who came, who was in the doors the first time, who was the first arriver to church? You get cake, you get cake. No, 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 not Greg, not Greg, not, not, you know, like, I mean, you're, you're here. And, and I think it was this gentleman over here sitting on the couch. Yeah, I, I, I think you were the first one. So come on up, sir, and uh, get your well-deserved cake, right? Come on up. All right, now, um, let's see. Who has, um, who's been to church in the last, there you go, congratulations. Yep. Um, now, who, uh, who's been to church two weeks in a row? Hands up. Okay, three weeks in a row? Keep your hands up. Four weeks in a row. All right, you've been five weeks in a row. You've been to church. Wow, okay. All right, man, you're really spiritual. Come on up. That's, that's, okay, so you get cake. Come on up. Start eating, guys. This is, yeah, this is not, I mean, I've, I've only got a little time here, so, all right. So, congratulations. Yep. Um, man, that's amazing. Okay, so now, who hasn't cussed in the last week? The last week. And I know what church I'm at, by the way, so I know I'm, I'm asking some things here. All right. Yeah. Are you sure, Dad? Are you sure? Oh, not dead. All right, young man, what's your name? Come on, John Preston. Let's give it up for John Preston. This is good. John Preston, this is good. It's, as my mentor would say, it's, it's prayer and clean living. Oh, yeah, you can do that, man. You're a young man. All right, John Preston. All right, let's see. I don't know. We need, we need another kind of reason. Um, let's, uh, oh, you know what, generosity, uh, there is this, it's not always about winning. Sometimes generosity includes losing, you know? So um, anyone from Philadelphia? <laughs> anyone? Anyone from Philadelphia? All right, come on down, sir. We just want you to know. We want you to know. We want you to know that he's even wearing green. How perfect is this? We want you to know that Jesus loves you too. <laughs> this, is, this is awesome. All right. All right. Maybe we'll just, I don't know. Here's what I'm going to, I'm going to save this last piece for the, for the person that's going to listen the most intently to the rest I have to say. Let's give it up for our, uh, our cake eaters, our cake eaters. You're just gonna do that? No, take no, 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 no! Don't. Mm -mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like you want to be the fifth chair in the sketch, right there. Is what you want to be. That's awesome. Watch your step. Watch your step. All right. All right. Is that is that how generosity works? Is it on a meritocracy? Is it just charitable? Maybe sympathetic? 
to somebody who needs it, right? Or is it something altogether different? I know we've been in this series looking about the, kind of this journey from, yeah, charitable to extravagant, from how do we, as Roy kicked off the series, how do we live from actually the generosity of God towards us? And what does it look like for us to simply just be available and respond? Jesus tells a great story about a, a man who's just an absolute tightwad. If he lived in the town, he would be the town mayor of being a tightwad. And it's a fascinating story. Let's look at it together up here on the screen. It's Luke chapter 12. And this is, this, these are the words of Jesus. This is his story. He's making this up, but it so gets to us. He says, and I just want you to notice all the words. The words are so choice here. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. So he thought to himself, and I always hear the voice of Mr. Bill. Oh no, what shall I do? <laughs> what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store up all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. So take life easy, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life will be demanded from you, then you will get what you have then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who get this, who stores up things for himself, but is not rich towards God. Do you see the tight wadness here in this man? Is there anything within him that says, wait a minute, this could be a really cool opportunity to join what God has done. This would be an amazing like moment. Like how could I leverage these things that I've been given in order to actually bless others? There, it's that all of that is just completely absent from the story. Like this man is the poster child for tightwad, clenched fist. And I think just like in the drama that we saw, we can see some of ourselves in this man. I know certainly I can see Myself. So the rest of the sermon is basically called, You Might Be a Tightwad If. <laughs> you might be a tightwad if, number one, you think you made the cake. You think you made it. You think it was by the sweat of your own brow. You think it was by your own ingenuity. You, you think it was because of your special secret sauce recipe, whatever it was, but that you made the cake. And that's what this man thinks. This man thinks that all of this uh, abundance he's experiencing is by his own ingenuity, his own brilliance, his own work. But how does Jesus start the whole story? What produced the crop? The ground. The ground of a certain man. Jesus is really, really, you know, he's just... Like, he is a master storyteller. So he doesn't say, this really successful businessman... Uh, pulled another great rabbit out of his hat. No. He's like, the ground did this. Who made the ground? God. Did this man invent dirt and the billion per square inch of micro, you know, microbial type of things? And they're like, no. Probably this man inherited the, this land. It's probably been in his family line for generations. But it was 
the ground. And then you notice like he thinks it's all his, right? This is, he made the cake, it's his cake. And so you see, if you just look here, just a couple of the things I want to highlight uh, here from the text. You might be a tightwad. If you think you made the cake, the ground of a certain rich man produced crop. And then, you, and then you just see he's talking about my crops, my barns, my grain, my goods. <laughs> my, my, my. I, I, I. It's all mine. I made the cake. I'm a really great cake maker. Check me out. And, uh, and yet, Jesus is like, no, actually, I made the ground. It was by my ingenuity at creation that had this. And by the way, when we get into this place of, is it mine and did I earn it? Oh, it's just like, yeah. Yes, we work hard. Yes, we collaborate with God. We're co-workers with him. Yes, man, we put our hand to the plow like we do all of that. But if you just do the infinite regress, and as it says here in Acts chapter 17, let's put it back up there, uh, God determined like when you would be born, the exact places you would live, the family you would be born into, right? He determined all those kinds of things. What time in history you were born, what part of the world you were born, it's all a gift. God makes the cake. And he's an awesome cake maker. And we might be a tightwad if we think that, that we made the cake. The second thing is, when you think you made the cake and you own the cake, then guess what you do? You worry about the cake. It kind of consumes you. It kind of takes over. And, and in that Mr. Bill kind of way, if we just look here back up at, at the, at the uh, text, uh, he thinks to himself, what shall I do? Oh, no, right? I have no place to store my crops. When our mindset is not of one of, I am a recipient of this blessing, but uh, man, it's mine and it's by my hard work. There is this, it, it, it has this tendency for, for us to kind of cave in on, our, on ourselves. We begin to develop what's often just called first world problems. And, um, and we just find ourselves completely losing perspective. Um, Business has gone well for me in the last couple of years. Um, bought a, a nice car. And it makes me so cranky. It is the craziest thing. Uh, I'll just tell you so you don't think it's a Lamborghini. It's an Audi. And, um, and I've always kind of wanted one, never thought I'd have one, ended up buying one. And I think I regret it, not quite sure. But all I know is I get in the car and something like this entitled spirit comes over me. And uh, we've, I've, I mean, I've had, I don't even want to, like things, I've had things uh, with this car that I've not been happy with, and I just get grumpy. Now, I thought I'd buy a nice thing and it would make me happy, but I just, I get grumpy. I'll tell you one thing, because we were uh, last night at, um, at the KU game, sorry, and, um, and uh, we were coming down the steep hill from, you know, the, the hill of KU, and my car just breaks on its own. It's like so smart for its own, too smart for its own good. And it sounds like it's grinding the transmission. And I hate it. And I can't get it to not break on its own. And it just, like something in my chest just starts to clinch, you know? And here's this man, this, this uh, tightwad man that Jesus tells a story about. He goes, all right, um, 
how's this going to work? I think it's my cake, and now I worry about the cake, and I'm consumed about it, and now he's going to come up with a solution. And what is his solution? Uh, to just complicate his life and build bigger barns. <laughs> when what he already has doesn't bring him a sense of joy or contentment. And so when we do that, uh, this man... Uh, he has already a lot of land. He already has a lot of barns. Notice that the scripture said, Jesus in the story says he was already rich. He was a rich man. And then he goes on to build more and buy more. Now, from a, from a, uh, you know, a business perspective, uh, more is not necessarily bad or evil, but what's behind the more? What is this? What is this for? Uh, Jim Collins, I think he calls it an uh, a, um, uh, a, uh, undiscerning pursuit of more is what gets a lot of companies, or an undisciplined is the phrase, an undisciplined pursuit of more with no sense of being tethered to why. Why am I doing this? This man is just trying to solve his first world problem in the pursuit of more, and more and more and more will lead to you and me eating the cake alone. You might be a tightwad if you end up finding that you eat your cake alone. The haunting part about this story Jesus tells is the fact that no one else is a part of his deliberations. That no one else is there for him to go to and say, hey, what do you think I should do? See, in that time, you'd go to the city gate. At that time, you'd have an extended family in which you'd live. At that time, you did everything with this sense of community. This man is in his own echo chamber. And again, I just want you to notice, it's so haunting. Just, just look at all the kind of things. This is what I'll do. He thought to himself. He's thinking to himself, right? And I'll say to myself, you have plenty. See, he's trying to assuage. Just, he's trying to talk to himself. He's trying to make himself feel better. Then who will get what you've prepared, Jesus says, for yourself? It's just this, this me, myself, this, uh, it's all collapsing in on me has the tendency to push everyone else away. I love how Isaiah just literally, Isaiah 5, is, a, is an actual picture from a prophet in the first half of the Bible that really is what this man's doing. Woe to you who add house to house and join field to field till no space is left and you live alone in the land. What, what's Isaiah saying there? He's like pushing out all your neighbors. See, as we grow in this sense of like abundance and if we have a tightwad, uh, fist-clenched spirit, we have no room for relationship. In Isaiah... They're pushing their neighbors away. I've talked about this before. What's a version of that today? It's called the frictionless society where um, tech companies are trying to make it so we never have to leave our house again. And what's the friction? It's like actually having a, a checkout person at the grocery store. That's called a friction. Having to actually go buy a car with a sales person. That's called a friction. Having any sort of actual need See, we were made to need one another. We were made to be able to serve and give to one another. 
I think it was Benjamin Franklin who actually said, if you move into a new part of town, the first thing you should do is go borrow an egg from your neighbor and put yourself in a posture of need because you're signaling that you're one who will meet their needs too. This man is trying to be so self-sufficient that he's actually now at a place, here's the fourth observation, where he's got this awesome cake and he can't even enjoy it. He thinks it's his, so he's holding on to it, right? And he's worried about it. And now there's this picture of him at a long table. I always picture like Michael Keaton's Batman where he's eating at this long, like Bruce Wayne, just like one long, massive banquet table. And it's just him at the end in the dark. And that's the picture that I have for this man that Jesus is telling the story about. You're eating alone and you can't even enjoy the cake. And Jesus is getting at this. This man cannot enjoy the, the fruit of the land. He, he can't enjoy it. In fact, there's some nuance in the language here. Notice he was rich. Notice he already had barns. Okay, it's not like he had one barn. He had many. But then as we kind of keep going into the text, he says this thing about um, the, uh, he's trying to talk to himself to be merry. Let's jump to that next slide if we can. Or a picture of me. This is great. Side view, really proud of that nose. Okay, great. And I'll say to myself, so this is the man talking to himself. You have plenty of good things laid up for many years. He's trying to just assuage his soul. He's trying to talk himself down from the ledge and from the tree. He's trying to say, you're happy, right? You're happy, right? You're happy, right? Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you, will fool, you fool. We'll finish that sentence in a second. But there's a play on words that's just fascinating here. It's just fascinating. Be merry and fool. Let, let me just show you in, in the biblical language. Be merry in the Greek comes from euphreno, which is your diaphragm, which is the sense of like be merry and just like exhale. Fool, aphrono, which has this connotation of something's wrong with your, your diaphragm. And so the net net here that Jesus is basically saying is, all you can do is inhale, you cannot exhale. What do we call that? When you can inhale, but you cannot exhale, hyperventilation. Jesus is giving a picture of a man who just keeps stuffing himself with cake, 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 more cake, more cake, not happy, more cake, not happy, no more cake, not happy, and he's hyperventilating. In other words, he doesn't know the word enough. He cannot experience contentment, and there's no rest or enjoyment in this man. And I wonder just how many of us, like if we just think like, the, I want the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. If we keep pursuing the, okay, what's next, what's next, what's next? We'll just ultimately get to the end of our lives and just say, so what? So what? And that's in essence what Jesus is saying about this man, he says, um, look, if you're not going to store up for yourself, um, well, actually, this is what I want to say. He says, this very night, your life will be demanded from you, which is, uh, and, and that's um, transactional language, by the way. That's like financial language. That demanded word in the Greek is like God's calling in on his loan. He's given you a life. 
And in that life, he's given us a lot of cake. And by the way, um, I know that none of us, uh, maybe we're all at different places financially, but from a large perspective, like if, if we household combined income makes $75,000 a year, we're in the top 1% of the world, okay? And so like the one, the, the first gal in the sketch is like, my little won't matter too much. And she kind of moves herself out of the picture. Go, no, actually we're all on a journey. Some of us love money too much. Others of us are too afraid of money and everything in between. And one thing we know about money is it all makes us weird. We all get weird. And what Jesus is saying here at the very end, he's like, no, it's your whole life. It's your time. It's your stuff. It's your perspective. It's your thoughts. It's your emotions. It's the things that I put in your hand. And I can't, keep, I can't put more things in your hand if you're doing this. There's no way I can give you more things if you don't just do this. He's like, I've given you a life on loan. How are you stewarding that life. And at some point we will get to the end of our lives and that life will be returned back to us. And then he says, Jesus says, what will you have to show for yourself? For all the things you've stored up for yourself versus for God and for others. This is no way to live. This is no way to live. Why then do we just kind of sometimes have disdain for a talk about generosity when we know the research is it's the best thing for you. It's the path to contentment, to happiness. Even physiologically, you'll be healthier. All those things. Why are we so resistant towards it? And I think it's because we really like cake. But if I were to eat that whole cake, how do you think I'd feel? <laughs> I'd like to try. We need a perspective shift. If we could just allow this premise that God doesn't want something from you, he wants something for you. And when we open up the scriptures, God talks about money and stuff more than he talks about love, prayer, basically anything short of the kingdom of God, it's in there. Like all the time. And why is that? Because he wants something for us. He doesn't want it from us. God owns all the cattle on the hill. He owns all the silver and gold. He doesn't need anything, but he wants something for us. He wants us to be made fully alive, to feel the, the joy and the thrill and the adventure of walking a generous life with him from charitable man to extravagant. And I know those moments I know those moments when I take steps towards that kind of life. That's where Jesus says, make my joy complete. I'm like, I feel a sense of that completion of joy when it happens. Maybe a bit like this family and their two young teenage boys that they had recently adopted. I want you to watch this video. As we prepare to celebrate our nation's birthday, we're reminded that it's a moment to reflect and appreciate just how far we've come. Here's CBS's Steve Hartman on the road. What may look like a house to you is something much more magnificent to the boy inside. What did you think when you saw this place for the first time? We said it's second heaven. Second heaven? Yes. You pass through this before you go to the big heaven. That is what I believe so. He means that 
Literally. And why wouldn't he? Abraham and his brother James are from Sierra Leone. They were homeless before finding their way to an orphanage and eventually to their new family outside Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh. Joe and Jamie Walker adopted them last fall, and they say the boys have been wide-eyed with wonder ever since. It's fun. Every little thing that we take for granted, coming home from the airport and I hit the button to open our front gate, Dad! Everything is magic to them. It's magic. Whether it's a present just showing up on Christmas morning or something mundane like a car wash, the kids are constantly blown away. But the biggest surprise, the most profound reaction happened last month on Abraham's 12th birthday. You had birthdays before you came here. How did you celebrate them? That would be a crazy question. Why is that a crazy question? I never celebrate them. I never knew it was my birthday. Happy birthday. So when the song started and his mom appeared with that glowing tribute, Abraham was overwhelmed. When I see the cake, I thought that is the most beautifulest thing I've ever seen. The birthday cake. It's not just a birthday cake. It's a blessing cake. A blessing cake. And what a blessing it is <laughs> that once a year, friends and family gather just to honor our existence. Most of us take that for granted, but not in this house, not anymore. Just being reminded that we need to stop and be super grateful for what we do have. A good wish for America from this American dream come true. Steve Hartman on the road in Charlotte. Hey, I just want to, let's just pray. I just want to kind of speak um, in the spirit of prayer. I just want to pray over us these words. God has given each one of us a blessing cake. You can't earn it and you can't lose it. He wants you to enjoy it. Every day of your life has been written in his book of life. Every hair of, on your head has been numbered and inventoried. Every breath, every inhale and exhale. Our lives are on loan and our lives, well, we're fearfully and we're wonderfully made and he's put things into your hands. He's given you a blessing cake. And he says, I, I, I want you to just enjoy it. I want you to savor it. It is succulent, it is rich, it is meant to be shared for you to be surrounded by a table of loved ones and strangers still. This life of yours, well, you'll most seize it, you'll most savor it when you give yourself away. When you slice it up and you give it to others, 
on the main floor, on the balcony, and everywhere in between when we realize it's not our cake. And it tastes sweeter and sweeter the more that we give it away. And somehow, God, you just keep pouring in more dough and more egg and more flour and all, whatever makes a cake. You, you do that. Like, the cake gets bigger the more we trust, the more we surrender, the more we share. I think what he truly wants for us, if there's one clear kind of ask I want to give us, it's just simply to say, God, I'm available. This is the song we're going to be singing in the moment. God, I'm, I'm available. Like, I'm going to take my clenched fists and I'm just going to open them. I'm going to say, here I am, God. Here I am. Here's what I have. Here's who you've made. And you have my predetermined yes to what you want to do in me, with me, around me, and through me. And so bring up, God, pictures and images, thoughts, ideas, about ways that we can practice what you have practiced from heaven. You opened up your gates. You invited us in to your kingdom. You have adopted us as your sons and daughters. And we marvel and we're moved to tears by the blessing cake that you give us. And we simply just wanna live a life of response to you. And if that's your heart here today, I just wanna say, would you take your hands and just on your lap, would you just open up your palms? Actually, start from a fist. Start, start with a fist. And, and what are you protecting? What are you holding on to? What are you resisting? It's given you a tummy ache. It's eating you up inside. What is that? now I want you just, if you're so willing, I want you just to release that grip. And just hold that as we sing.